0: The body knows how to regulate itself. We just right. have to find out how it does it. And it does it with an evolutionary perspective. You know, how did it do it when we life arose from the oceans all the way to now? Everyone takes care of everything else, but who's taking care of your basic cell? We invented statins before, 30 years ago, to lower cholesterol. 30 years later, we had to invent Viagra because <laughs> you know, we invented sunblock. 30 years ago, so we have now severe vitamin D, deficiency, and osteoporosis. You have to ask yourself you know, it took you so many years to get to this particular state. Why do you expect to get better overnight? You can't. You have to change a lot of things.
1: And body mind empowerment get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs control your mind. Welcome to the Body, Mind, Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Seemland, and our guest today is Dr. Ted Achakoso. Dr. Ted is a health optimization doctor who experts in clinical metabolomics, chronobiology, epigenetics, neurointerventional radiology, and so much more. He's also European double board certified in nutritional medicine and anti-aging medicine, which makes him one of the smartest people in health optimization and evolutionary medicine. Dr. Ted's I'm glad that you could make it to the podcast, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: When I research you, I found that you have so many you know, different degrees and uh, also like, different uh, certifications. So can you give us like, how many PhDs do you actually have?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I actually was trained in several areas. Uh, I was in Manila, Philippines. I was trained in pharmacology, toxicology and also in uh, interventional neuroradiology. You know, uh, it's a field now called minimally invasive. Mm. And then uh, when I came to Washington, D.C., I got trained by the pioneer of medical informatics um, uh, h- uh, here in the United States, and he's a global pioneer, um, and I became professor of medical informatics. My research was in artificial intelligence, mm. so I wrote a book on that. Uh, on the mathematics of consciousness. That should be fun, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then um, I uh, retrained in Europe in anti-aging medicine and nutritional medicine and got double court certified in Europe. So it's been a long, I've been trained, I was trained by the pioneer of uh, hormone balancing uh, yeah. out, out in Europe. So um, it's been a long journey uh, g- from going from one place to the other. And uh, it's always uh, getting trained by pioneers. Uh, So I started a field called health optimization medicine or home and health optimization practice or hope for non-medical professionals. Mm. And the premise is really very simple, Seem. So everyone in illness medicine, as I call it, I used to be an illness medicine doctor, uh, would Be engaged in the brain, like a neurologist or the heart, a cardiologist, you know, um, uh, and so on. They have their own organ specialty. And then we have special tests for, uh, for example, the neurons or the heart uh, or the liver. You know, we have special tests for the organs, we have special tests for the cells that produce uh, certain special molecules. But then uh, there's this field called clinical metabolomics is about probably approaching 30 years old now but it's only reaching the clinics uh currently and it goes back to the fundamental cell right so everyone takes care of the special uh cells but no one on the or the organ but no one actually takes care of the basic cell Mm. which is the foundation of all the other uh, uh tissues and organs so then now we have a mechanism by we can test what the basic cell is putting out. And the people. The, the reason why other doctors hate me is that it's back to biochemistry, right? right. You're back to the basics. Uh, you have to know your, your glycolytic cycle. You have to know your Krebs cycle. You have to know what the... The important thing that came out of this is that you have to know what vitamins, minerals, cofactors, hormones are actually... Uh, needed by the cell in order to function. Uh, and so I said, well, everyone takes care of your brain, everyone takes care of your heart, everyone takes care of your neurons, you know, your cardiomyocytes. No one takes care of your basic cell. Mm. And basic cells are all over your body. So why don't I uh, do health optimization? And the reason for that is that I don't look at disease, right? So diseases happen to your organs, you know, uh, and Uh, but when you look at the cell, it's all over the body, then suddenly you're moving away from disease into health. So the important thing is that I don't look at disease. So when a a patient or a client comes to me, in fact, I call them clients because they're not sick, right? Mm -hmm. I set aside their diseases. I don't look at what they're sick. I just take a look. I uh, do tests for their blood, urine, and stool to check out what metabolites are being thrown out by the cell and just detect the imbalance right so you detect the imbalances in the metabolites and then you correct them Uh, and the correction is done by pushing the levels down when you were between 21 to 30 years old because that's the optimal range Uh, in fact training in europe the um the optimal range for hormones for example was being pushed down to 25 years old. In the uh, the US, it was 30. So we're a little bit more afraid here in the United States. (laughs) I I pioneered the practice in the Philippines uh, because I work there 30 days every two months. And so I pioneered it nine years ago and have proven it to be uh, actually very useful in shifting the perspective away from disease into health. So for example, if someone uh, in, in, in your particular generation who is after performance, right? Uh, performance uh, in athletics, performance in whatever uh, you want to do, you cannot have performance without first having uh, optimal health of the cell. So your, your muscle cell must have optimal health first before it, you can give it optimal performance. And you find out that The muscle cell is not isolated. I mean, it's connected to the rest of the body. So suddenly, you need your cardiovascular health, yeah, and suddenly you need your gut health. You need all of these uh, particular uh, different types of healthy tissues in order to give you performance. So, uh, in fact, I just gave a lecture uh, on sexual uh, sexual health optimization. Right? You cannot. You cannot have. You cannot do the. Be a porn star quality sex, you know, without first having healthy sex. So you you have to be healthy first, right? So, so you have to, so now what happens is that at the base, you see that everything is connected. Hmm. Uh, And Hmm. that is why uh, the term network is very important for me, right? Hmm. So, because when, for example, when you look at the uh, inside of mitochondria, is your Krebs cycle right and the Krebs cycle or the citric acid cycle is the cycle that's responsible for the production of ATP, which is the energy currency of the cell, the, the fuel, uh, so to speak, or the money uh, if you're uh, um, like to financial terms, uh, the, the money of the cell so you have money in the bank and the money that you're spending, and the mitochondria produces this, and um, the cycle that produces is the, uh, is the Krebs cycle, right and when um, you look at that, uh, you can now measure, you, we just used to memorize this in medical school, but now you can measure all the different intermediates of that uh, biochemical cycle. And the reason why that's important is that if one intermediate is higher than the other, for example, A becomes higher than B and A goes to B, right? Uh, then suddenly you know that there are cofactors that are involved. Let's say, for example, uh, uh, you you lack a particular vitamin, you know, that will or a mineral like magnesium to push the reaction forward. Right. And you could measure the levels of these now. Uh, so they are networked together, um, and and also very important are your toxins. Like for example, you could detect mercury levels and. Mercury actually halts the Krebs cycle at so many points, mm. so you could you could now detect this, and the beauty of it is that you 're not detecting it in plasma you 're detecting it from inside the cells, so you open up the cell and you actually see the actual amount uh, because for the most part the, um, what you see in plasma is just these are just the transport uh, levels right you don 't really see what 's going on inside the cell unless you open the cell up and mm. and uh, show it so What's important in the practice is really knowing what the pathways are uh, and uh, second, knowing to where they're connected to, right? Mm. So my my basic question, uh, in fact, is everyone takes care of everything else, but who's taking care of your basic cell? Yeah. right? So uh, so the suddenly there is this... Uh, it's not the, the training that I am developing is not only for doctors, but for people like for example, are very passionate about, about health or very passionate about, about performance. So you could actually make the basic cell healthy first, and then you could improve its performance. Um, an example, another example that I give you is that uh, before, uh, for example, uh, in order to get the neurotransmitters in the brain, right? These are the signaling molecules in, in, the, in the brain. Mm-hmm. And be- before, you had to do a biopsy of brain in order to find out what the levels are. Now you could actually do a correlation in a urine sample, right, mm. uh, to see what these neurotransmitters are. And people always forget like, that uh, things like neurotransmitters are actually neurohorms. They are linked to one another, mm. you know. Uh, your dopamine levels are related to your, to your um, acetylcholine levels and your dopamine levels are also related to your... Uh, to your uh, prolactin levels. Um, for example, in uh, dopamine is also related to serotonin. Um, in um, uh, This is fresh to me because I just gave the lecture, right? Uh, for example, dopamine is a neurohormone of organ uh, in, in sex. Uh, serotonin will act as the break for it. And all of this now, you could detect the metabolites for this uh, inside the cell. Mm. And this is done in urine. Um, so, it's, uh, so So now... The difficulty becomes trying to bring down the level of the actual illness medicine doctor and say, hey, look, we're not looking at the organ. We're not looking at the tissue. We're looking at the fundamental or basic cell. Right. Right. You know, allow, please allow us to take care of the basic cell. So mm. what happens, seeing, um, a patient comes to me, for example, and, uh, very, uh, has a very poor blood sugar regulation, say, or pre diabetic or diabetic. I don't, the, the thing is, I don't claim anything. I set aside the disease. But what happens is that the blood sugar regulation gets better. They get off their medication. And uh, pretty soon, there's no sign, uh, if you, you early enough, there's no sign that diabetes was ever there. But mm-hmm. I said, I don't like to make any claims. And that's how you fight with illness medicine, right? You're mm-hmm. claiming for this. And of course, they're looking at the quantity of, of things looking quality of your life so they are after lifespan i'm after health span right. they're after quantity i'm after the quality of your life you know it'd be nice to walk um uh the 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 line with two but between suffering between having a life that's painful and longer and having a life that's with less pain or no pain that's shorter i would choose the life with no pain right yeah. um so These are the kinds of things that immediately come to mind now Mm. when you are uh, looking at things from a cellular level. And Mm. it doesn't end at metabolomics. Metabolomics are just these metabolites that are being thrown off by your body. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose genetics. A lot of people are going, oh, why not genetics as as the level? You know, the last count for genes is we only have like 19,500 genes. From 26,500 to 19,500, that's very little. Mm-hmm. But we find out that much of the mechanisms for gene control lie in epigenetics, or in right. uh, mechanisms that are outside of the gene itself, right? For example, very well-known um, uh, mechanisms uh, like like uh, methylation, for example, um, could would be facilitated by your methylation pathway in your. Uh, in your uh in 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 your basic cell right Mm -hmm. so you suddenly you have methyl tetrahydrofolate you have you know uh methyl sources like s adenosyl uh methionine but the beauty of it is that you can now measure these levels also you know you're not guessing anymore so I, i actually dislike all of these um for example, oh, vitamin E is good for you, vitamin C is good for you, and so on. Yeah. Hey, Just measure. <laughs> if you need them, then give them. If you don't need them, then don't give them. It's The, the era is here for personalized medicine. So what that does is that you seem, for example, might need vitamin uh, B12 and vitamin B6. I may not. So your package or your packet for taking that day or for taking for that particular three months of time will be, would have those but mine won't have it so mm-hmm. suddenly things are becoming more personalized mm-hmm. when you're giving in illness medicine when you're giving antibiotics for example it's one size fits all right mm-hmm. so either you, you you know you give this mm-hmm. dose of antibiotics and it kills over all bacteria you know and 10 years later it makes you fat but that's another story um, mm-hmm. th- th- um you know um but in in um, health optimization medicine you can you have to find out what the doses are that are personalized for you exactly. so yeah so you know you you go down to the genetic level and you find out that there's really as it's very, very dramatic because Dominant genes, you know, actually, you know one, you know, one eye is blue and one eye is black, and a chromatopsia. Is, the effects are very dramatic, or, or you have the various types of thalassemias and all of that. So the effects are very dramatic, but those are fewer than us who are actually have to uh, keep ourselves uh, healthy. Um, and, and 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 the thing that uh, we have to take a look at is that a lot of the. Um, things in the environment right now, you know, in, in a field called exposomics, I think you mentioned that earlier, which is your exposure to all the different things, like especially toxins. There was a study done uh, in your continent uh, about three years ago where they had about, uh, I think, a 60,000 uh, cohort of um, uh, 21 to 30 year olds, year olds, and they were measuring all of these different uh, levels of metabolites especially of hormones and they were already finding that for example um uh men you know who are uh, not yet 30 are already having very low testosterone levels hmm. and that's because the environment is getting more and more right, right. toxic right so, so so now there is but the thing for me is that no the solution is not to give you testosterone <laughs> you know the solution is to take a look at Everything that's going on around you are, are you know? Do you have? Uh, do you like drinking um, things in uh, in plastic bottles? These are bisphenols, right? They can they can actually they are endocrine disruptors. They w- they would lower testosterone. Um, the uh, there are, there are uh, things that would um, disrupt your testosterone production. Like, for example, if you eat a scoop of ice cream, your testosterone levels will drop in the next 24 hours. I mean, mm-hmm. these, are, these are known things mm-hmm. uh, that, that um, uh, we have still have to integrate, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, if you have to give testosterone, you cannot just give testosterone alone. You have to give testosterone in the context of all the other hormones because they're networked, right? For example... Um, a lot of bodybuilders use growth hormone, right? And, um, and, and they don't like cortisol in their systems because they want to build it up. Um, so, but these two are opposing. You know, if you give growth hormone to a normal person, uh, for example, it will suppress the cortisol levels naturally. Mm-hmm. So you have to give if you're giving growth hormone for rejuvenation, you, you you will have to raise the cortisol levels, and you have to measure these things. Yeah. Same things with with nutrients. Uh, it's the same thing. You know, uh, you know that zinc and copper are in opposition. Uh, if you if you take too much zinc, say you're you have a cold and you take too much uh, cold lozenges, which are full of zinc, right? People say, oh, it's good for you, la la la. Mm-hmm. You know, in winter. Is most most people actually get copper deficiency. It's because they take too much zinc mm-hmm. from the zinc lozenges. So mm-hmm. these are this we are we, we have already found, you know, in, in the body. Uh, uh, the body knows how to regulate itself. We just right. have to find out how it does it. And it does it with an evolutionary perspective. You know, it's from how did it do it when we life arose from the oceans all the way to now. You know, so when you look at evolutionary medicine, which is part of health organization medicine, right? How did the basic cell evolve? You know, how did we become multicellular uh, human right. beings? Right. So w- when you, you when you take a look at Wim Hof, like the Iceman, and and so on, you you could you could see that energy production uh, in the mitochondria actually increases um, because the cold actually keeps the physical structures of the uh, electron transport chain. Closer to each other, right. so you you it's mo- you, the energy option is a lot more efficient. So and this is a f- because of a fact that life arose from the oceans. We still maintain that. Um, the mo- my favorite example of this is vitamin D is actually a hormone, right? Mm. And it's about six hundred fifty to seven hundred fifty million years old. So it's highly yeah. conserved yeah. Uh, as a gene, right? It's highly conserved. We really need it. We're really yoked to the sun, whether night with night we like it. We're yoked to sun. And that's why I like my dark color a lot because I, I, I sun myself religiously. <laughs> um, but if you, if you take a look, it's, it's very highly conserved. Uh, and it's, it's only, we used to think in last medicine, for example, that vitamin D levels you know are useful only for calcium metabolism. And then we find out uh, that the, uh, the enzyme that actually uh, uh, uses vitamin D is actually found in all cells of the body.
2: Hmm.
0: So one alpha hydroxylase is found all over the body. Then suddenly our perception of it changes, right? It used to be that it's the same thing with inflammation. Uh, it used to be that we thought that inflammation was just you know calling of the white blood cells, and that was uh, the, that when we got inside the cell, we found out that there are actually cytokines, you know, inflammatory cytokines, etc. And these are all metabolites. You know, you could take a look at at them even before gross inflammation comes out so here's where the the whole thing yes it's like we have all of these mechanisms that are already there we're just finding out about it now because we have better technology to do it yeah yeah before yeah right for example a lot of people are concerned with cholesterol right and i don't look at cholesterol at all Uh, what i say to my clients is that cholesterol is like a gasoline for your body you know that (laughs) Uh, cholesterol is the parent compound for your sex hormones, right? For your testosterone, for estrogen, uh, and so on and so forth. In fact, my joke is that we invented statins before, you know, 30 years ago to lower cholesterol. 30 years later, we had to invent Viagra because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can, yeah, so, exactly. so these are the, this, yeah, uh, you know, we, uh, for example, we invented, um, we invented um, uh, sunblock 30 years right. ago yeah, and then you know so we have now severe vitamin d and C mm. and osteoporosis mm. uh, so so you, you could see all of these things so, so when i'm looking at health optimization medicine and the health of basic cell i look at everything that goes around it you know um what are what are if you take a look at the body itself, you know, and say, okay, let me just take a look at it from a cellular level. Just forget about the organs, forget about everything else and just take a look at the cell. What cells do I basically have? So when you take a look at our basic cell, right, it's essentially two organisms, right? One organism is the one that uses no oxygen to produce energy called the anaerobic organism, right? Mm. It's where your glucose is broken down, the rubic acid. And then the other organism is the aerobic organism. So that's two organisms now, which is the mitochondria. Mitochondria are actually bacteria in themselves, right? They have circular DNA. They behave like bacteria. You know, They fuse. They, uh, they, um, they, uh, there's fission and so on. And there are 100 quadrillion of them in our body, so mm. supplying us energy. So those are two organisms. They put out metabolites right? that can be measured so you could take a look at what's going on inside them. And as I said, these metabolize our network. So what other organisms uh, are there? We, we take a look at the, the specialized cell, right? And a specialized cell, for me, my definition is one that throws out hormones, right? And it's not just the uh, brain organs that turn out uh, that, that, that push out hormones. As I said, neurotransmitters in the brain are neurohormones. You know, they, uh, they do affect you. So you can measure those too. And then the other... What other organisms in your in you uh, actually throw out metabolites? Your microbiota, right? Your your gut bacteria, your skin bacteria, and so on. And right. you can measure these metabolites. Also, that's why gut health becomes very very
2: important.
0: So um, uh, so you, you could you could measure right. all of these things. So you could measure epigenetic effects. You could measure the um, the uh, uh, bioenergetics, vitamin mitochondria, mm. you could measure the gut health, you know, you could measure the talk exposure, yeah. you know, you could measure now, the effect and, of sleep is usually inflammation, right? Yeah.
1: So I, I really, is- I really, I really enjoy like how you kind of narrow it down to a very reductionist perspective of going actually into the <laughs> foundational, uh, you know aspect of it let's let's not focus on the outcomes or what's the disease let's focus on actually what is causing the disease or how can we make def- like how can we make our cells function more optimally and what is making them less less functional so this is definitely something that is needed in i believe in modern medicine and uh, I, yeah it's it's a very good way to actually look at the entire picture of how do the cell work and uh, how can you make it work better in a particular environment and uh, like the evolutionary aspect of it is also uh, critical of where did the cell actually evolve and like what what was the specific environment that is actually causing those different metabolic processes to occur. But uh, like, can you maybe give us a few examples of how can we you know learn about how to optimize our cells, like the basic cells, like the mitochondria and uh, these hormones?
0: Um. Uh, but first, uh, first, Seem, I'd like to thank. Um, people of your generation who are actually interested in these kinds of things you know uh, I I know a lot of you are fear driven like they they come to me and you're very young and say I don't want to have Alzheimer's like my parents or I don't like to have diabetes like my mother I don't like to have heart disease like my father and you come to me and um, you know uh, you're basically driven by I'm afraid but Mm. many of course are uh, it's also the narcissistic generation, right? I'd like to perform better, like to, to do this and, and, so, and that's fine too. I mean each one to his own happiness, right? Um, the way I, I do it is I I, uh, I get myself tested or I, I test myself with a metabolom- metabolomics laboratory. Uh, you have uh, several of those in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. My professor, for example, in nutritional medicine uh, was from the Netherlands. So you get your your levels of your nutrients, your vitamins. The, the big news is that you can measure the levels of your vitamins, your minerals, mm. your cofactors, like uh, vitamin-like cofactors like alpha-lipoic acid, coenzyme yeah. Q10. You know, yeah, a lot of people just take this. And yeah. you, you know, just don't take them. <laughs> you don't need them. Exactly. So you could, and yeah, and so automatically when you get the results, you could see what the recommendations are, right? Mm. But for someone like me, I also take a look at your lifestyle. So um, essentially, um, the lifestyle is is very important, but it's very difficult to change the lifestyle if you don't feel anything first, right? Mm -hmm. However, and here's the thing, for people who'd like to optimize their health, you have to ask yourself, you know, it took you so many years to get to this particular state. Why do you expect to get better overnight? Mm -hmm. You can't. You have to change a lot of things. And for people who you know, first you get tested, and then you uh, you you get optimized. And the way you optimize is taking a look at what the optimal levels are for you, because there's RDA, right, or yeah. recommended dietary allowance. And I call those survival values. <laughs> those will those will make you survive, but
1: yeah, are minimum.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're minimum. Uh, they're, they're, they're minimum for you. So if you you know um, if you know what what the optimal levels are. And most of the laboratories will give you now what you need. You know, you, mm-hmm. could, you can follow the recommendation, especially if you don't have any diseases. Yeah. like me who see diseases, then I start adjusting. And one of my examples is, for example, um, alpha-lipoic acid is a hypoglycemic agent. And in some countries in Europe, it's still a prescription, right? Uh, prescription agent. Here in the U.S. and many other countries, it's still a supplement. But when you give that to a patient with diabetes, you have to be careful right? Because the blood sugar will also go down mm-hmm. and the medications need to get adjusted. So these are two different types of people, uh, that, you know, someone who is not sick and someone who has a particular disease that can be affected. And the other type of course, are those who are just, uh, for performance, like, uh, athletes and so on that will have a different set of requirements right mm-hmm. like like uh, the people the people who view your videos they like to uh, improve their performance but you can't improve performance without first improving basic cellular health yep. you have to address the foundation first right mm-hmm. um, so what it, this is always a, for me you know if you cannot afford to uh to uh have you, have it tested because right now it's still very expensive to get the metabolites tested, right, and um, and uh, doctors ask me, you know, oh, that's that's so expensive, you know, uh, it's it's uh, very difficult for patients to do that. And the way I counter it is like, you know, when the MRI, magnetic resonance imaging, was very new, how much was it like? Four thousand dollars, <laughs> and then became two thousand dollars, one thousand eight hundred. So the more you people will be using these kinds of things, then the more the prices come down. Mm. And and so we just have to 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 evolve because those are I I mean that's a logistics problem, right? Um, but if you if if you are really really wanting to do this without anything, you know, my 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 of course my my um, bias is for you to get. To yourself tested, even just for urine, for the basic things. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's anywhere from like uh, 300 300 or 400 US dollars. Still, it's uh, expensive. But if not, then take a look at your lifestyle. It's Mm -hmm. so easy to to take a look at your lifestyle from from, uh, uh, night to morning. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, I like to say this I have a technique called the sleep anchoring technique, right? And I consider my day beginning at the time that I sleep. So it's not when you wake up in the morning that the day begins, but the time that you sleep that your day begins. So mm-hmm. choose a particular time that you want to sleep. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I violate that a lot because I'm rarely in the same time zone for two weeks, but mm-hmm. that's really bad. But the advice is that if you're not traveling that much, you know, choose a particular uh, time that you sleep and consider that as the beginning of your day. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, you're thinking that, uh, hey, you know, You are not going to skimp on your sleep because it's part of your day. Mm. And um, when you wake up in the morning, uh, you think about your hydration. Your body is dehydrated the whole night, right? So why don't you have, you know, one or two eight-ounce glasses of good water, you know, mineralized water, uh, um, and... Uh, because there are so many people who are walking out there that are dehydrated.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, and, um, and sorry to say this, but many, may, many of the people complain about bad breath. <laughs> the reason why you have bad breath is that your, your mouth is dehydrated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so hydration, hydration uh, is, is very important. Of course, uh, in the mornings is when you may want to do your, your meditation. You calm down a little bit for your day, etc. Lower your cortisol levels naturally. Right? And, and then um, as much as possible, and I know this is uh, not possible for many people, You know, open your windows, open, open them to sunlight right? mm, because mm. your skin is yoked to sunlight. When the sunlight hits your skin you know, uh, in the morning, that's when your cortisol levels go up to manage your stress, right? to, to manage your wake. It wakes you up. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's a natural uh, mechanism of the body to wake you up. Your thyroid hormones also start going up. To increase your thinking. Uh, I remember having a patient who, who a, a, a patient, uh, she was a diabetic, who was uh, 70 uh, plus years old and complaining that since I put her on a thyroid hormone, she found MLs of her friends thinking very slowly. Hmm. So I said, Would you like to think slowly again? <laughs> or do you want to change your friends? Um, but, um, the the thing these are natural things that happen when you're young, uh, especially when you're young, when your production is still, um, these hormones is still optimal, yeah. right? And then, um, uh, so you have to sun yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, for example, the if you take a look at the Maasai and Hadzabi tribes in Af- Africa, chronic diseases are very rare there, like cancers and diabetes. Yeah. Uh, it's because the vitamin D levels are between fifty and 100, hmm.
2: 100
0: grams or mile. and you know. Um, it's very funny because the UK decreased its um, its level, uh, required level to twenty, and suddenly there was the re- recurrence of rickets and nutritional osteomalacia. Oh. So I don't know what they are going to do about that. But hmm. as I said, vitamin D, the, the the gene itself is a very very old um, uh, gene. You know, so so you know its relationship with the sun. Um, People ask, you know, how come Asians, for example, can eat rice and not get fat? Well, they're getting fat now. Yeah. Uh because, because before an uh, insulin insulin raising effects, so it actually can deal with your carbohydrates. And and people who work who ate rice are usually worked in the rice fields and you, they're usually out there at noon,
2: yeah. right?
0: They're usually there with results. so their vitamin D levels are are very high. So mm-hmm. sun yourself. You know, uh, hydrate, sun yourself. Um, the the other thing um, is that I saw your your video on you know people are asking about the ketogenic diet and on, and I'm I usually recommend some time restricted feeding uh, mm. because we're such a shameful species. I mean, we have permission to eat from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we sleep yeah. at night, right? And, and so um, mind mind your feeding window. And I don't like doing fasting like. Uh, on particular days of the week because I don't like my clients to actually have to remember, Oh, is it Monday today? I, is it my fast day? You know? Mm -hmm. So it's easier for them to remember, okay, you know, uh, from 12 to eight I'm eating. And also, um, it's that since they can eat anything within that time period, they don't feel deprived of the food Mm -hmm. that they eat. So Mm -hmm. it's very easy advice, you know, even for younger people, um, it's very easy advice, uh, to do that. Um, for, uh, and uh, for me, who travels a lot, it has actually helped me maintain my six-pack abs. I mean, it's you know, I don't I don't go to the gym that much anymore, but it maintains your it maintains your metabolism, it maintains mm. your your gut microbiota, your energy, and, and so on. Mm. So, um, so, um, so aside from from, from um, uh, doing that, you so you're signing yourself. Your you're, you're eating, you know, you, the time that you eat and the quality of food that you eat. Uh, if, usually people, even as young as you, cannot control what they eat. You know, they yeah. want to eat pizza. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, there's there's also a test where you could test for your food sensitivity, right? Many mm. people are are saying, oh, no, it's not valid and so on. There's so many attacks on it. But look, it's the best that we have, mm. right? And for me, I have tried it. You know, I've tried it for nine years on my clients, et cetera. And it works. Mm-hmm. and do a very simple if you're sensitive to something sensitive is not the same as allergic right allergic will be immunoglobulin e where you can be brought to the hospital uh uh, it, uh allergic response uh, uh sensitivity response will be mediated by immunoglobulin g so these are slower effects like for example you eat dairy today and tomorrow morning your post-nasal drip you know will will be more severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Or three days later, you have a migraine, and you can correlate the two, right? Mm. But if you look at your sensitivity, you you, you, uh, can see that. What I usually do is I make it very easy. Hey, look, whatever the intensity of your sensitivity, just take it out of your diet for six months. You know, see what happens to you. Mm. Uh, You know, uh, I I have a, I have a, for example, I have a a client who I could not get her to take out her food sensitivities, and said, "Just give me." Just one month, you know, just one month. Dude, just take them out. And after a month, she shows up at my lecture, you know, two inches off her waist, wow. you know. And why is that? Because there is no more inflammation in mm. the gut, right? Just Dude. by removing the foods that you're sensitive to. So, you know, uh, the guys guys are asking, you know, what are the simple ways to do it? Yeah, you know, you, you um, even if you don't get tested, the simple way is to take out milk and milk products uh, and dairy and dairy products. I know uh, a lot of people in Europe are cheese-eating people, but you know, try removing it for yeah. a change and see what Remember. happens. Right? Try, just try, even just for a month. Um, you know, same, I I used to, uh, uh, I, I I used to believe in gluten sensitivity and so on, and I said, well, okay, let me go on a gluten-free diet for at least two weeks, just two weeks, and for the first time in my life. I felt like, oh my God, this is how it feels not to be bloated, right? Uh, It turns out there are many uh, many, uh, arguments, you know, against uh, gliadin and all of these uh, uh, sensitivities. But you know what? We're only testing for the two types, uh, you know, uh, in terms of of, of, uh, gluten molecules. Turns out there are over a hundred of them, and so on. So, but at least you know whether or not you're allergic to those two yes. types, right? Yeah. You're sensitive to those two types. Whenever you feel shitty, that's because of gluten. So that's food, you know, and eating. So, and and it very is for you, especially those who are in performance and so on, and uh, or or those who would want just like want to lose fat. You know, well, your 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 body um, usually would have just about an average of twenty grams of. Carbohydrates in your in the morning, right when you wake up, because the hundred grams average will be the eighty grams would have been used to keep you alive at night, right? Because Mm -hmm. the liver cannot cannot use ketones for fuel; it uh, will just will use glucose uh, because it produces the ketone. So um, when when um, when you wake up in the morning and you do a fasted cardio, for example, for forty minutes or so, that will get rid of your twenty grams of uh, carbohydrates and it will already uh, uh, kick you into a fat metabolism mode. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't eat until noon, then you're running on your your ketones, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're in a nutritional ketosis until noon. And then if you don't eat carbs at noon, uh, or you, you eat uh, zero net carbs at noon, then you're basically your first meal becomes a ketogenic meal, right? Mm-hmm. You're extending your carbohydrate fast until your second meal. Me, my second meal is uh, around 4 o'clock. And that's mm-hmm. where I eat my my high fiber carbohydrates my last meal is very proteinacious at seven at nine i finish i definitely finish my, my dinner at eight but i'm flexible you know if if i have a dinner that's coming in later like at, you know i know that we'll finish at 10 then i will move my my time away from from uh 12
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so it's essentially this is macronutrient manipulation right? right macro you manipulate your macronutrients according to your activity people ask me what's the best diet well mm-hmm. it's what works for you, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to be you're going to be running and jumping that whole day, then carb up. If you're going to be uh, going to be lifting weights a day, then eat more steak. You know, uh, you know, eat at noon. You know, uh, your 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 body can can utilize all of this. What we're looking at is we're always looking at the short term. Uh, mm-hmm effects of this in the body, we have to take a look at it on the long term. The body, you know, it takes three hours to absorb things and, uh, you know, for, for the intestines to be empty and all that kind of stuff. Well, if you just want to do a temporary jump in performance, then, you know, just take caffeine and, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or nicotine or whatever. You know, it's, it's that's, that's easy to do. Yeah. But if you really want to have a healthy performance, not just a winning performance, winning and healthy performance, yeah. then you have to to do this manipulation. But very strictly, if you are going to do, uh, like for example, the ketogenic diet, of course, is manipulating fats, right? There's a proteogenic diet or a minogenic diet that's high in protein. And of course, there's the carbogenic diet you know, that's uh, high in carbohydrates. There's nothing wrong with any of these if you combine them according to what activity you're going to be
2: doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But
0: what I'm strict about is Micronutrient optimization hmm. because are the cofactors that are going to be involved in the processing of your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, both in the anabolic mode and in the catabolic mode, right? Uh, for yeah. example, for detoxification, you know that glutathione is very much uh, uh, a central molecule in, in uh, detoxification, and you know that's made up of three amino acids, you know, um, um, and and the cofactors there are, you know, very rarely uh, uh, stated, but you need vitamin B2, uh, riboflavin, right? And uh, you need also selenium for mm. the, the whole glutathione uh, uh, cycle to, mm. to function properly. So these are the things that you can measure. So your micronutrients, that's what I'm You can manipulate your, your, your macronutrients any way you want according to your activity. Of course, the best way would be to have say, someone guide you, right, right. to do that. Uh, but not a doctor. Do- <laughs> illness yeah. medicine doctors don't know how to describe nutrition. Uh, in fact, that's how I challenge the doctors, you know, uh, in my lecture is that, you know, you always say, you know, diet and exercise. But can you actually sit a patient through a diet, you know, and right. nutritional planning right, while right. you can? And can you take uh, uh, a patient to a gym, you yeah. know, uh, or a, your patient to a gym?
1: Yeah. Doctors <laughs> don't don't really deliver the results. You know, many <laughs> yes. doctors, they're all fat and, uh, and they're not healthy as much, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: doc- doctors are very good at acute diseases, like infections, acute infections or trauma, you know, mm. but we have a very, very dismal record in managing chronic diseases, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, diabetes is diabetes, Alzheimer's is Alzheimer's, you know, neurodegenerative diseases are, are, are so on and so forth. We have very poor record for chronic diseases. But, you know, if I got into an accident, sure, I'd go to a, to a, a trauma clinic, right? right. Uh, that's, that's, that's what they're good at. Uh, you know, if I get a severe uh, bacterial infection, you know, that, um, that will uh, uh, cause me to, to die, of course, I will, I will take my uh, antibiotics, despite the fact that it's going to blow out my gut yeah. microbiota, right? So, uh, these this are the kinds of things that your uh, 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 viewers can do, you know, the sleep, the hydration, yeah. the, uh, the eating, uh, and, the, uh, and the movement, exercise, you yeah. know? Um, it's exactly like
1: a lot of people are th- tr- trying to think about okay what kind of a miracle supplement I can take or what kind of a biohack I can do when in reality the most of the effect are going to come from the basics like sleeping well actually if yes, you do yeah. your performance is going to suffer so much if you if you suffer from like even like mild sleep deprivation and you can immediately fix it by sleeping better or sleeping a little bit longer and you know you don't have to go you don't have to start compensating for like your bad behavior by trying to add this sort of other let's say fixing fixing the loopholes with i don't know like for instance a good example is like if you eat cake and your blood sugar goes so high then you're gonna take you're gonna counteract that by taking something like metformin or you know uh Yes. Uh, Berberine or something but where, where in reality you could simply not eat the cake and you know, be you know be much healthier in the long term.
0: You know, when I was younger, I was like you, I was very strict, you know, don't eat a cake, don't do this, don't do right. this, don't do this. It's very difficult. Uh so for me, you know, there are two types of patients uh, or clients: those that can follow the regimen, you know, like athletes and you know people like you who 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 like good health, and then those whose lifestyle you just have to follow. They smoke, they drink, they, they. so you know these are two different kinds of people, and they have two different sets of compliance problems, right? The other one you have no problem with compliance. Um, the the other one you really have to follow the lifestyle, <laughs> yeah. uh, but. But for both, the problem that you usually see is impatience, right? They're very impatient. Look, you know, uh, the, the body is uh, evolved through the years, right? So mm-hmm. I, the blood, for example, changes every 90 to 120 days. That's why one cycle of nutrient uh, balancing, one cycle of hormone balancing is mm-hmm. about 90 to one hundred days right okay. so uh, you, you you know even your sleep it's a sleep cycle it's about eight hours right and the menstrual cycle is 28 days you know you, you I, what i like to say is that you cannot seem at grandma to say you know do this now you know you have to coax grandmother to <laughs> say please do this for me you know it's <laughs> it's it's, it, it, it's uh, you have to you know, the body is very resilient. However, a lot of problems that comes uh, with uh, the way we take care of bodies is that when we're impatient, we just want to shock it out of its wits. Or that's its place, right? But uh, when, when it comes to health, you know, we, we have to make sure that it's not compensating too much for a lot of things. Mm. So, uh, for example, the reason why you get healthy is because when, you, when you're uh, the love of your life shoves a piece of cake in your mouth and your blood sugar goes up, <laughs> you should be able to compensate very quickly for that. That's yeah. why you want to be healthy, yeah. right? To be able to withstand those kinds of assaults. You just don't want those chronic kinds of assaults. Yeah. Uh, sleep, for example, when you wake up in the morning and you're sleep deprived, your molecular inflammation molecules or inflammatory cytokines, they're, they're up there. But if you, they're there chronically, then it will cause total bodily inflammation, causing yeah. obesity and all these other problems in the future, right? So, um, it's the compensation itself. As long as it's normal compensation, right. is not bad. Yeah, right? exactly. Like exercise, for example, is hormetic stress. Right, it's a good stress for your body. Yeah. For example, lifting weights. Uh, I encourage my uh, very rich um, uh, female clients who go shopping and have someone else carry their their bags <laughs> that they shop for to carry their bags. You know, because yeah. you need the mechanical stimulus. You know, for for the for the bone. To actually, have to bear weight, mm-hmm. you know, in order for it to, to keep the calcium stored in there. Very common problem in women, of course, is osteoporosis, right? Mm-hmm. Or osteopenia. Uh, so yeah, these are very, very simple things. So, why in, in movement, I, I uh, usually recommend, you know, um, alternating days of uh, one is aerobics, and the aerobics, even if you could just give me. Two miles of walking uninterrupted a day. If you do that in a shopping mall, don't stop to buy anything. Yeah. Just walk continuously <laughs> for two miles. That's, that's good enough for me. For me, you know, I, I look at, looking at the same, you know, like any movement is good movement. Just move. Yeah. Right? Exactly.
1: I, I really I like, like this example because, you know, as we become more modern people, and uh, as we our lives became, become more comfortable, then we kind of try to push off all excess physical activities and push off a lot of the responsibilities that are keeping us healthy. Like, I don't want anyone to do my own. I don't want anyone else to do my physical work for me or to cook my meals, to put some, I don't know, unknown ingredients into it. I want to actually know it. I want to actually mm-hmm. do the stuff myself so I could keep myself conditioned appropriately for good and uh, good health and uh, vitality. Like. I want to chop my own wood at least so, so I could you know, get the stimulus and do some gardening or, or cook my own food I to actually keep myself more in touch with uh, what I put into my physiology and how do, I, how, do, how do I condition my basic cells to work properly as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is that uh, when I was younger, I was like you. I was very strict, you know. But as, as you, you you get older, I said, you know, how can how can I best hack this, right? right. Um, when when I'm uh, when I'm unable, uh, for example, what happens when I'm able to lift weights? You know, I you know my recommendation is even just twenty minutes of of resistance exercise three times a week. You know, say mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you do two miles of walking Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Whatever you can do. Uh, you know, the recommendation is thirty minutes a day, etc. But who is counting for me exactly. as long as you are able to 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 do the uh, the physical activity daily, then you know it's very good for you if you could do more that 's perfect mm-hmm. but you know, you don't have to be like, like uh, uh, like for example, over-exercise will give you inflammation, right? Yeah. And it will give you chronic inflammation if you're uh, chronically over-exercised and your performance is going to suffer. And you know that better than I do. Um, you know, a lot of people overtrain. And uh, that's why a lot of my athlete clients, you know, I do talk to their coaches and say, hey, you know, you're... Your athlete is overtrained. He's yeah. not performing, or she's not performing. It's because um, he's overtraining. You know, uh, right now that we're able to test for all of these things, the coaches tend to listen a lot more.
1: How do you, right? how do you differentiate between like acute stress and chronic stress, where the, where the inflammation and stress becomes more dangerous than, than good?
0: What I do, uh, there's a very simple uh, blood test that I actually look at, which is high sensitivity C reactive protein like HSCRP. Mm -hmm. It's very cheap. Uh, I actually take a look at two markers, homocysteine and HSCRP. Mm -hmm. Those who can afford it, I actually uh, ask them to get cytokine markers, which are, which you could actually detect. Whether or not something is chronically turned on, Mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. and you can detect it much earlier. Okay, and and so, uh, but you have to look at the trend, right? You have to look at the trend. There's, of course, it's very easy um, to take a look at it. Same from a longer-term active, you're getting fatter and fatter, then you're getting more <laughs> obese, then you have inflammation yeah. because that's one of the uh, hallmarks of uh, total body inflammation. Non-al- non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, for example, is a sign of, uh, of uh, insulin resistance, you know, is, is a sign of inflammation. So, so all of these things, but they do take a while to, mm-hmm. to develop, so it's hard for you to, to uh, take a look at it. However... Um, functionally, there is, uh, you know, you have brain fog in the morning. You know, you have, you know, all of this um, uh, memory, memory problems, memory lapses, and, and so on. They take a while to develop, uh, but they do develop. Mm-hmm. So, if if you, if even if you could just take a look at, you know, homocysteine and hsCRP, you take a look at them uh, in in a series, and you could see, you know, whether or not it's rising or falling. It's a very simple measure of uh, inflammation. You see, for me, it's, it's, you have to be able to measure wellness, right? You don't guess anymore. It's like, oh, I see, you know, vitamin E is good for you, take it. No, yeah. you know, you, you, you need to measure. And uh, why do I say that? Because they are attached together in a network. Like, vitamin E, for example, is part of the antioxidant rege- regeneration pathway, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's connected to vitamin C. It's connected to alf- the alpha-lipoic acid. It's connected to your uh, glutathione mechanisms. You know, so suddenly when you enlarge the pool of your vitamin E, you know, and you don't enlarge the pool of the other ones in the network, you're basically causing a flood in the rest. You know, you're mm. you're dummy. You're 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 creating, creating a, a a dam. Yeah. The the other the, you know the the pathway cannot push forward as much because you gave a very big pull to vitamin E. So you cannot just do that. And the consequence of this seem is that a lot of the studies that we look at in terms of vitamins, like, for example, oh, you know, selenium and vitamin E don't work for prostate cancer. Well, you know what? You knew the pathway there. So why didn't you test for all the elements of the pathway first Mm -hmm. before you actually gave the vitamins? And there was a recent article that's being thrown around on the internet, which is like, uh, multivitamins do nothing for your health and longevity, and so on. Well, if you just give them willy nilly, yeah. well, they of won't course. do anything. Of course. Of course. There's there's uh there's, because there's uh, there are antioxidants, but there's also what's called AIS or antioxidant induced stress, right? right? So too much antioxidants can can produce that. Right. So,
1: so, like, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of you know, studies showing that recent studies showing that antioxidant supplementation actually makes people more prone to disease and uh, mortality. So, is, yeah, and, is, is, is like the, it's like it's going to of blunt the hormetic effect of uh, adapting to stress and makes the organism weaker. Like, what do you think about that?
0: Um, for, for me, it's more like you have too much antioxidants without measuring then it's like giving too much vitamin E, right? right. You, you're you basically not looking at the capacity of the other. Uh, so you're only giving one antioxidant to something that can antioxidize. So it's like you have a big scrubbing pad, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to hand off the dirt to a smaller scrubbing pad so you cannot hand all of the dirt. So in effect, you're actually causing more oxidation.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Uh, because what, it, what
0: it's, is it? it's in there.
1: Right. But is it like the oxidative stress and reactive oxygen species, they're actually positive and beneficial uh, signaling molecules?
0: Yes, they are. Uh, absolutely. At low levels, you know, mm. uh, reactive oxygen species and reactive nitrogen species are actually used as, uh, as signaling molecules. The body is very um, uh, frugal. <laughs> in, 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 it's a... It's, 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 uh, <laughs> the body you if one thing works it will use it as a signaling molecule atp is now is also considered a signaling molecule right in the mm-hmm. pure energy signaling pathway and so our ketones ketones are signaling molecules in themselves so are reactive species you know they actually uh, the way i like to to, to see I, I tend to view everything inside a cell it's more like this same it's like okay, there's reactive oxygen species, and then it's coming out of the mitochondria, right? It's a right. factory.
2: Right.
0: Oh, we're cranking up a lot of energy and we're producing this much react- reactive oxygen species. If, and then it goes and informs the nucleus, right? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, you know, uh, we actually need more mitochondrial biogenesis, synthesize us more proteins because we need to form more mitochondria to produce more energy. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a signaling mechanism. Uh, the other mechanism, of course, is the ratio of your um, ADP uh, to ATP, right? So uh, the body doesn't look at things in, in uh, absolute amounts. It looks at, 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 uh, at it in, in ratios. Right, right. Uh, for example, the ratio of ADP to ATP, you know, it will sense those. Uh, the difference is very relative. The, way I, 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 uh, the easy way to, for me to get people to remember is that a lot of people take omega-3 fatty acids, right? It's good for you, etc. But it's always, it's always in, in relation to the omega-6 fatty acids. Exactly, exactly. So what do I see now in measurements? I see like a lot of uh, omega, uh, omega-6 deficiencies because they t- take too much omega-3. Mm.
1: But so in terms can, of hermet- can you actually overdose on omega-3s then?
0: <laughs> yes. It, it, so in terms of hormetic stress, um, in, in terms of, first, if you're healthy, your body should be able to take stress and move away from it, right? Mm. Move back to a healthy state. Yeah. So you eat that sugar, suddenly you're back. In yes. fact, even on ketogenic diets, that's what I say, it's not about the ketogenic diet. It's about keto adaptation. Yeah. How fast move from the sugar fuel to the exactly. fat fuel? Exactly. And exactly. You know, how, how, how keto adapted are you? So for me, like, what's the diet, et cetera? No, no, no. You, the yeah. point is that you get, get yourself keto adapted. How fast do you switch yeah. from one fuel to the other? Right? And
1: also, and also, to be able so, to still function with carbohydrates, to to not fall into a carb coma after you do eat you like cake or something, you want <laughs> you want to, you want to, you yeah. want to, you whenever you do eat carbs, you want to be, you know, what you want to be so insulin sensitive that the insulin is simply going to shuttle those carbs immediately into your muscle cells and go back into ketosis as fast as possible. So it's like metabolic yeah. flexibility is incredibly critical.
0: Yes, um, and that's what I uh, do to my to my. Um, uh, uh, triathletes, right? Mm. Uh, so, uh, especially during the the, the run uh, in the triathlon, uh, essentially they they go through they they go to it in um, uh, ketotic mode, right? They're burning fats, etc., because they're they have to do endurance. But towards the last uh, yeah, towards the last part of it, you can actually shove uh, glucose into them. They will take it avidly, and they could sprint. You know, they, as a as i said these are these are these are basic this is uh, a macronutrient manipulation to to help performance but then if they don't have the proper micronutrients to to get that going then yeah. you know they don't have the, for example you need uh, the the proper levels of uh, vitamin b1 you know to, to be able to do that so so th- these are the kinds of things that uh, that you take a look at and you manipulate on a cellular level for your for your athletes but first you make them healthy and then do that um, so being able to shift, you know, to adapt uh, very quickly uh, to, to various uh, sources of fuel, for example, is one of the effects of doing this. Um, the other thing is that in order to to maintain the performance of a cell, like you train, right? You train and you train and you train. It's the same thing as uh, with the body. You know, uh, there's a certain level of stress that it must have in order to function optimally, mm-hmm. right? It has to... Uh, be able to preserve its muscle mass, uh, because muscle mass is very important, especially uh, as you're growing older. You have to preserve your, your in order to preserve your muscle mass, muscle responds to mechanical stimulation. You know, you mm-hmm. have to lift your weights. And those are hermetic stresses that you have to continually give your body. I was at a lecture one time, See he said, can you not bank your exercise, like do you all of your exercises yeah. in one day, and then, sure. you know, not have to act- Exercise for the month—it doesn't work that way. Hormetic stress doesn't work that way. You know, you have to do every day, every day, every day, just like an athlete would train at a particular set schedule, right? As long as it's not overtraining.
1: It's like the small, the dose aspect of it is so so important. Like you, you don't want to, you know, okay, I'm gonna go on a diet and uh, I'm gonna eat healthy for one day and then the rest of the week I'm gonna eat like crap. So you're not gonna get any results from that. Has to be consistent.
0: Oh, um, did you see, um, I think it, it's just a few few weeks ago. It was very funny. I was reading, it was an actual study um, on, uh, they were computing the minimum exercise dose. Mm-hmm. Like they're treating... Exercise is a drug. Drugs have a minimum <laughs> dose, right? And yeah. so they're trying to determine what's the minimum dose for an exercise. And I said, that's really funny um, that's to treat exercise as a drug, right? Yeah. That's how conditioned we are to illness. Yeah? For yeah. an illness, you have it's, to take a drug. And, and therefore, yeah. if you practice it as a drug, people are likely to take it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's also like counterproductive in terms of, like we mentioned, the RDAs, that are like indicative of what's the bare minimum. Yeah. So if you look, if you took, if you look at what's the bare minimum of exercise, then you're basically going to think like, okay, what's the bare minimum for me to, you know, breathe and you know, lay in my bed yeah. without, without dying. You know, like you don't want that. You want to be still vibrantly healthy and you want to improve your vitality and be more energized.
0: Yes, yeah, true. You know, you don't want survival values at all. Um, what you want is the optimal values because yeah. you want to thrive, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing be, before, um, uh, I, I just want to, to um, especially your your generation, uh, I'm older now, I can say this, <laughs> is that you're uh, exposed to, to a lot of uh, light toxicity, a mm, lot of, um, yeah. uh, you know, that disturbs both your chronobiology, your sleep cycle, uh, you know y- you guys need to be more aware uh, because this as you said it affects it affects your, your health uh, basically through those inflammatory cytokines you know uh, it's not just sugar it's not just this but it's also you know you like using your technology you like using your phones you yeah. you know
1: uh, that's, a, that's a very it, scary you know, thing. I, I, like the, the future gen- like the current generations already they are practically growing up in uh, This artificially lit environment all the time and blue lights. Yeah. It's, it's gonna suppress yeah. their melatonin levels quite a lot and I'm so scared of actually seeing what are the downstream effects of maybe that we're gonna see within like 10 years we're gonna have a, a generation of of children or, or even young adults who are gonna have like serious brain issues and and uh, Increased levels of inflammation and diabetes and all those things that are associated with it So it's very scary actually
0: it's actually it's actually not only light, also electromagnetic frequencies, yeah. right? I, I that's why I, I recommend people to go barefoot, walk on the beach, you know, um, get themselves grounded. Grounding is a very useful um, thing to do for the body because we we have uh, electromagnetic frequencies ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, we have those in our body, and the the thing about it that's uh, actually dangerous is that it's actually the our, our, our frequencies are very low and we have of things like this that produce those low frequencies mm-hmm. that can affect us and, and our, our bodies functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, 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 it, the, the way I, I like to joke about this is that, you know, I see so many families, for example, in restaurants where they are having their family time and everyone has a device, looking device. They're not talking to each other. They're not interacting. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just, you know, texting or playing a game, etc. And And, true, true. you know, it's a new way of, it's a new way of, of parenting uh, children, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, before you parented your kids, and then now you, sh- and then be- and then you shove them in front of the television. Yeah. Now you shove shove them in front of an iPad.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a totally different way of. Uh, and this is this is your world. I mean, uh, yeah. this is the world that I'm I'm looking at now. And uh, the effects, as you said, you know, the effects are are uh, going to be uh, quite interesting to find out. So how would you uh, how would you think like
1: this? how would you think like on one side we have like these amazing technologies that are going to help to optimize our human health and uh, live longer, uh, whereas on the other side there is this, you know, toxic environment with, you know, pollutions and uh, these other uh, endotoxins and uh, EMF and artificial light. So where do you see like what's the situation or the near future of of our human longevity? Like can we actually increase our lifespan because of the technology we have or is the technology going to be like detrimental to us?
0: Well, it's um, uh, actually a little bit more uh, simple than that. <laughs> it's like you, you, um, you use technology to control the environment. Right? Mm. So what I do, for example, for me, right? I have um, an air filter in my house. It's an air filter that is for the quality of the production of my computer microchips, right? So that's the quality of my air filter inside the house. There is a humidity stat. There. it controls the humidity and so on. All my lights, my lights are controlled by you know um, uh, the wavelengths are controlled automatically. You mm-hmm. know with oh. with my with my phone and mm-hmm. you know yeah. Uh, what kind sunrise, of sunrise? A... It goes uh, brighter. Yeah. So what kind of um, an app is that? Though? It, no, it's provided by whoever will be your provider for the lights of your house. Okay. You know, they will have their own app. Like, for example, I have, I have Philips, which provides, okay. uh, provides mine. You, you know, I was an early adopter of these things. So um, mine is all like hodgepodge. Unlike now, um, you are, they, you, they already have integrated a lot of the things, right? Mm. Uh, and then, uh, like, for example, in, in, when I wake up in the morning, my light becomes bluer and bluer. Right, and then Mm -hmm. towards afternoon it becomes redder and redder. So, and then I have um, an EMF um, frequency pulser in the house, which uh, pulses about seven point eight three hertz. It goes to the electricity uh, system of the house. Um, My uh, router is uh, uh, my my wireless router is actually uh, turned off uh, at night when I you know so I'm not blanketed with with that mm-hmm. um i i actually have um i'm terrible i sometimes i look like an alien um i have a i have a little um hat it's not tin foil but a hat you know uh, to protect myself from from emf so wow. you use technologies to control your environment you know uh, and then um for for uh water i have a reverse osmosis filter with remineralization it puts the minerals back in Mm-hmm. Um, and it's vortex out, like mimicking mimicking the flow as of a stream, right? On a midday, it also has an um, infrared that shines on it. So you use technology to get better water. You mm-hmm. know the the water that you use to approximate the water you have, to approximate daylight. Um, you know full spectrum lighting. Um, you know um, and and controllable wavelengths. Uh, you use uh, air filters uh, to co- to control your environment. But when you step out, you know. That's totally uh, a different story. But mm. where you can control your environment, control them. Where you can control what you can put inside your body, control it. Right? right. Like food, wouldn't, water.
1: Wouldn't it be kind of a better idea to, or let's say, a more functional aspect of it would be to simply improve the environment rather than try to control it? In a sense of uh, making, make instead of having these uh, blue light, you know. Um, uh, applications that are going to change the light frequencies th- in your room wouldn't be able to simply be outsized and be exposed to natural sunlight all the time and to naturally be gravitated towards uh, circadian alignment and to live in a live, live in a place where there's more clean air and more fresh water so wouldn't be that but I
0: agree be- I <laughs> I agree with you, but how possible is that right. today, right? Okay. Um, there is an old uh, inter- here. Here's same There is an old interview a uh, few years now of the guy who actually started the paleo diet, right? And uh, it's not Lorraine Cordain. It's mm. S. Ethan Boyd. He's mm. a physician. Uh, his book was called The paleolithic, paleolithic Prescription, and he's the one who did the studies on paleolithic diet in in the various tribes around the world. And he was interviewed. He said, so what will it take to get back to the Paleolithic lifestyle? Mm -hmm. And you know what he said? And uh, I'm I'm, I'm I'm not kidding you, but it's funny and tragic at the same time. He said, reduce the world's population to 800,000, and probably you might be able to go back to the Paleolithic life. Mm -hmm. Don't do it, the people! So the (laughs) truth is that we we just have to adapt, right?
1: Yeah. We 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 wouldn't want to go back to paleo. We want to evolve further and uh, to expand our technologies in in the sense that it's going to help us to facilitate our growth in a more proactive and more healthier manner without you know jeopardizing our longevity.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 all for that. I'm all for you know moving to a place that's clean and and so on and so forth. Um, if it's possible for most humans, why not? Right. Yeah. But uh, there's just.
1: Not for, everyone. For, for a
0: lot of people, there's just so many of
1: them. Not everyone can live in, yeah, no. uh, in Sardinia and Costa Rica and Estonia. <laughs> so, yeah. and,
0: and, and Icaria, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, or or in Playa Nicoya. Yeah? So, so, yes, that, that would be nice. Um, so, how do you approximate it? Like, for me, it's like, well, if we can't do that, then, as I said, you know, uh, for me, it's like technology Use science and technology to cheat. You know, right. if you cannot eat well, then get yourself measured and supplement. Right. <laughs> if you, you know, if you cannot do all these things, then you use, we're, we're very intelligent creatures. So right. let's, find, let's find solutions. And uh, for your generation especially, I don't think anyone uh, of you are going to, give up your cell phones anytime soon
2: right right um
0: you know but so so these are these are the kinds of things that uh you're you grew up with right Mm. i didn't grow up with them uh but you guys these are indispensable for you and pretty soon as you see you know they would be wearable they're on your clothes and Mm. and so on it's like what kind of um, uh, electromagnetic frequencies will those emitting in your body, and how is that going to change you? Right. 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 So, um, so you're you're looking at all of these. You know, there, there's going to be a change in your sleep pattern. It's going to be a change in your eating pattern, in your daylight patterns, in your behavior. You know, you see a lot of uh, very irritable kids today, or mm-hmm. very irritable young people, right? Uh, and and um, those who, and and uh, the, the one of the biggest uh, problems that we have, and are aware of this, is a lot of depressed young people, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and because of, of uh, uh, you, you see all the, all, the, all, all the findings now on gut microbiota, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gut microbiota in its relation to the brain and so on. Well, because we're eating, eating junk food,
1: yeah.
0: um, you know? Um, so, and then, any- and then we, we, you know, go ahead.
1: Is there anything specific we should know about you know, the gut microbiome that uh, people don't tend to pay attention to, or the gut-brain axis?
0: Well, yes. Um, well, the first thing I, I, I say is that you should consider the gut microbiota as an organ in your body. You know, it's two kilos, it's heavy, uh, it's there. It pre-processes all of your food, everything. Uh, the, the one favorite example of mine uh, that shows how important it is, is that they were testing a uh, cancer drug, immunotherapy that was oral, and they found that for some people it wasn't effective, for some people it was. Mm-hmm. And they found out that for people with no, uh, that didn't have the two species of bifidobacteria, it was not effective. Mm-hmm. So you could see how much it pre-processed everything that we eat in there. It's mm-hmm. very important. It changes, you know? Uh, from twenty-four to seventy-two hours, depending on what you ate, the entire composition—you know—at least two-thirds of the composition is going to change. You have about a third that means baseline; two-thirds uh, is about to change. And the reason for that is that it has to change its capacity to extract energy, right, mm-hmm. from from the food that you're eating. So, for me, for example, uh, you know, I go to Asia. There's a different—you uh, uh, know—there's uh, a different uh, food that I eat in there. You know, I gain about five pounds, and oh. this is not changing the number of calories, etc. I gain about five pounds each time I return to the United States, right? Mm. And within two weeks, gone because I'm I'm on on my uh, time restricted feeding, you know, and, and all of that stuff. Mm. Uh, within two weeks, it's gone. So you could see how how um, uh, affects that affects us very very quickly in terms of that, and then in terms of mood, right? Uh, since it has. It has it's, it's considered a second brain, right? Yeah. So the the gut itself, which houses the microbiota, is considered uh, a second brain. So it depends on what you feed it, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you're feeding it junk, you cannot manufacture enough. Uh, uh, you you cannot uh, you're not getting enough tryptophan, uh, tryptophan for example, mm-hmm. for the synthesis of your brain serotonin. L- there's a lot of misconceptions, you know. Mm-hmm. People think that the serotonin produced in the gut, which is 95 percent of serotonin produced body. Five percent in the brain is actually used by the brain. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the tryptophan that actually goes to the brain. There's a large neutral amino acid receptor in there that allows the tryptophan to go through, and it's it goes to the five uh, to become five tryptophan and then serotonin. So, mm-hmm. but it's still the gut microbiota that will pre-process that for you because mm-hmm. they create their own serotonin, right? So they will process their own uh, tryptophan. So these are the kinds of things that. So we have the gut-brain axis. Uh, important thing seem that we're finding is that um, uh, this is actually a little scary but it's true that we're just made up of microorganisms Mm, which is my point in the beginning is that the microorganisms the gut microbiota can communicate with ourselves directly Mm. and that is very unique um, because that is a prokaryotic cell meaning bacterial cell with a cell wall you know being able to talk to a eukaryotic cell. Which, to another species, mm-hmm. so bacteria is talking to to us, uh, and that's already been proven uh, with the existence of what's called outer membrane vesicles, which means that they have the capacity to control our epigenome. Right, right, right. Uh, it controls the expression of our genes. That you know that came out in twenty thirteen. It still shocks me to this day that yeah. uh, you know uh, we have underneath our consciousness, underneath our consciousness. Mm-hmm. All of these are used uh, uh, cells, uh, bacteria in our body talk, microorganisms like in our body talk to each other. Yeah. The anaerobic bacteria talk to the mitochondria. And exactly, you know that that, that that entire yeah cell talk. The bacteria talk to that, and so and now they're they're showing that the food uh, can actually do that. You know mm. because your plant cells are made up of of cells. You know yeah. if they're alive, then they actually have the capacity to. Uh, have those outer membrane vesicles too, exactly? Like uh, There are only back.
1: like there are only like very uh, small amount of human cells, and um, the yes. majority of your body is made up of non-human life forms, like the mitochondria, the bacteria, and the other 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 cells. So, like you as an entity or a personality is the you know the connection or the culmination of those things that are communication that is happening you can't really we don't don't know where the self is inside the brain or where it actually is located so it's it is like this collective consciousness inside your body that uh, emerges or manifests itself as the person you think you are when in reality it's simply like these your mitochondria speaking to each other and you know that's that in turn is going to be affected by what kind of fuel you put into yourself what food you eat what environment you're exposed to and you're literally like the reflection of your environment and and the inputs that you receive from food nutrition sleep exercise circadian rhythms and uh you know like other emfs and everything so you are you are basically connected to your environment in a literal sense
0: so you're speaking like a truly enlightened guru <laughs> in terms
2: of
0: <laughs> because uh, you know it took I mean, so many years to get to where you are and you're still very young. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. But that, that is exactly the point of why I started Health Optimization Medicine and Practice, right? Home and Hope, is that it tends to integrate together into the fundamental cell, you know, mm. everything that uh, is important to us. You're looking at it as an organism that's communicating with other organisms, right? And as I said, you know, Right now, we're at metabolites. Maybe in the future, we'll be looking at quantum biophysics, mm. you know, light production, uh, mm. you know, um, uh, whatever else is there. Um, there's this um, uh, write up, right? Before we thought that it was in the mitochondria, we thought that the complex fourth mitochondria absorbed the infrared light, you know, but it, sh- it showed that it's actually not, that was not the case. It showed that The uh, infrared light was actually absorbed by the water around uh, uh, complexes, making the water a little bit more runny. Less viscous. So the, the motor of the uh, ATP synthase, which is Complex 5, runs faster and produces more ATP for you. So, so, so we're finding all of these things like, oh, it was a direct effect of light. It was the effect of the light on the water. Oh, wow. And suddenly the work of That's Pollock crazy. and all of that are, you know, assume a lot of importance. So we're finding out a lot more. But for now, what can be measured? And what, for me as a clinician, what can we do about it? Right. Okay. Here are your test results. Right. What can we do about it mm-hmm. uh, in order to get you to better health? Let's not think about your disease because we're talking about your fundamental cell. Right. And we know that all cell molecules this metabolized are networked to each other. Let's shift the entire network. In fact, that's the key to my technique: is network wide range shifting. That's why I said you never just give testosterone alone. You never just give estrogen alone. You get problems with those. Those are all tied in the network. You shift them to optimal levels of between uh, 21 and 30, and that's where you actually start seeing uh, uh, the, the uh, client improving. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's how I want everything tied up, because if you just take a look at it from an, just an evolutionary point of view, you see very clearly where I'm coming from. We came from single-celled organisms, right? And then um, single-celled organism uh, took some mitochondria, you know, and then that's that rapid explosion between multicellular organisms. The plants are wiser. You know, they don't have to move in order to hunt for food. They actually uh, have with them another organism, the cyanobacteria, which became the basis of the chlorophyll. Right, so they have three organisms there. So, uh, and so now they just have to, to sit on earth and grow and they're able to eat and use sunlight and so on. And in fact, uh, before I said, is there a way for me to just get chlorophyll in my skin, you know, just directly? But uh, because a, a friend of mine once uh, emphasized this, he said, that the only reason why you eat is you want to strip electrons off the food.
2: Right. And
0: look, you can, you can, you can yeah. get electrons directly from sunlight.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: so you're just getting an additional step of having to eat in order mm-hmm. to strip those electrons so those electrons can form your gradient to form your atp but that's that's the way that's the way to look at it uh, as i said i always look at it from a cellular level like mm-hmm. yeah let's forget about that because if you're if you're addressing the core or the fundamental in a you know it it, it becomes uh what happens is that If you address it from the root, then everything else begins to blossom, right? Everything else becomes healthy Uh, rather than coming in from the disease mode and then trying to get healthy. So what I encourage illness medicine doctors to do is to do it at the same time. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. do these things at the same time. That's true. That's true. But
1: since… Op- optimize the health of the if you want to you know improve the health of the overall population then you have to start from the individual as well and you know the. yes every every day everyday life everyday life practices of what you eat what you do and uh, so on
0: yes yes and, it, and as i said it's not only for those who are sick you know people mistake it for, for that's why it's called uh I, that's why I, not disease focused, right? I'm not after illness medicine. Mm. Um, this is health optimization medicine, uh, where I'm after the quality of your life. Yeah. So, uh, especially for a generation um, that likes to be healthy, you have to be healthy first on your basic cell before mm. you can do any performance tweaks. Right? Yeah. I, I I want to I want to be smarter. I want to have I, I want my brain to have I want to be have more memory, and I want to have more this and more that well you can't do that if your acetylcholine levels are low you know yeah, for okay. example it's involved memory creation if you're, um, and then you know how can you how can you be um, uh, not depressed if your serotonin levels are low and your dopamine levels are low you know you have no motivation know, a key a key thing mechanism is the, the presence of dopamine right so so these are the kinds of things that that uh you you look at and say, well, before I can even get antidepressed you know what is my gut microbiota doing you know to to communicate with my brain what is it sending up there is it sending up enough tryptophan to create all these neurotransmitters is is you know um is my vagus nerve uh sending all of these uh uh signals to to my gut you know uh is is my uh, uh, ACA is my, uh uh, cortisol levels in my ACTH communicating properly, so suddenly you 're looking looking at it not on a gross brain uh, level or gross uh, mm-hmm. gut level, but you 're looking at at the levels what 's happening the cell what 's the, the cell you know what 's the cytoplasm like there is this um, beautiful lecture done by someone in in Brussels a couple of years ago when he said, everyone's paying attention to the foreground or, you know, the nucleus, the mitochondria, the organelles. No one's paying attention to the cytoplasm. Right. No one's paying attention to the water, right? So it, where everything is happening in the same way, you know, our bodies are made up of what, 60% 60, 60 to 80% water, um, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and so on. While so many people have already paid attention to the cell membranes, et cetera, you know, we, you should pay attention to both foreground and, and background. Uh, okay. These these are two things that should remain should remain in balance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, whether or not you're looking at from you know, a metabolite level or a quantum biophysics level, or even if you uh, if you do believe in subtle energies, even at a subtle energy level, the yin and yang of the Chinese, right? The, the male energy and the female energy, and such is the basis of Chinese medicine, right? The balance between those two. They have yin foods and they have yang foods, etc. This is all like a translation of the same thing, mm-hmm. only in measurable terms exactly. that can be understood here in the world. So we're basically just using the same principles over, exactly. Exactly. Uh, over and over uh, yeah. in terms of balancing.
1: Yeah. yeah, I really, I really am. Uh, like it, it, it indeed goes back into the fundam- fundamentals and looking at something very specifically, in, a, in and, it, and also like in in what particular environment the these this kind of behavior gets gets expressed and uh, what what's the downstream consequences of that. So. Uh, yeah, we could really talk about. We could. We we wouldn't be able to m- fit in that big of a uh, you know information into into one podcast episode, and we would definitely have to have <laughs> another one in the future. But we we'll yeah. have to. We would. We would start to have to start wrapping this thing up as well. So people, what would be something like very practical, uh, practical uh, tips everyone can do to they can implement into their lives right now?
0: Oh, I I usually I usually uh, uh, say this. Um, sleep well. Choose a time that you are going to sleep and commit to the time even if you're going to be tossing and turning in bed. Hydrate, you know. Mm -hmm. Take good quality water, you know. Uh, Even if you have to pay for it a little bit more, just uh, hydrate yourself properly. Men need about 2.9 liters of water a day. Females about 2.7 liters a day, including um, the food that you eat, you know. Um, Eat I recommend time restricted feeding. You know, choose an eight-hour period by which you're going eat. If you cannot do that, a twelve-hour period will do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you make sure that you're, you're, you're finished, and you know that would that would induce mitochondrial biogenesis. You'll you'll have a lot more energy. Uh, you will have a clearer mind, and so on. Um, you know, um, uh, ground yourself. You know, take off your shoes and walk in the sand or walk in the grass. You know, um, move. You know, have a program. Uh, of uh, don't think of it as exercise. Just think of it as moving. Mm. You know, uh, do do some walking. You know, um, uh, my minimum is walk walk two miles. If you just walk two miles every day, even if you don't lift weights, it's good good enough for me. Any movement, I said, is good movement, including a bowel movement, by yeah. the way, which is <laughs> um, and, and um, uh, you know uh, move. And then you have to examine your relationships. Uh, because they're a source of stress. Mm-hmm. The first relationship you is you examine with yourself. What's my relationship to food? Am I a stress eater? You mm-hmm. know, what's my relationship mm-hmm. to, to, to different types of stressors? And then you examine your relationship to people close to you, to your families, your brothers and sisters, because these are stressors to your work. You know? And then, of course, um, you, you have to, when, when love, you have to love well. Mm. Uh you know uh, you, you know you, you you cannot say well you know I I you can see you can't love unless you express love to yourself first mm-hmm. you know uh, because it will show in the the way you care about the other person mm-hmm. uh that that you love so that's so true yeah. and, and that is that, yeah, that's the most the most common stress uh, common cause of stress in couples is actually here in the United States at least is money problems so when they discuss about money it's like vroom, every Falls apart, right? Uh, so you have to examine all of those because there are stressors. So mm. chronic, uh, chronic stress, your 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 environment, etc., etc. You those those can be rapidly remedied uh, by technology. But if you can't up them, all of these lifestyle changes are under your control.
2: Yeah. Right?
0: They are under your control. You control the time that you sleep. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's easier to control your time than to control the quality of what you do. Mm. So. Control the time that you sleep, control the time that you eat, control the time that you move, you know, and then suddenly you have a handle on uh, the different activities in your day, right? So that's, for me, is a very simple lifestyle advice. Even if you don't get tested, even if you don't do anything, you know, even just do one thing in, in those uh, eight things that I gave. That's you too, know, yeah. just one thing, like today I, today, I just promised to eat, to drink my two kinds of water, of good quality water. That's mm-hmm. good enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know? and, then, and then when you're able to do that, then the next time, say, okay, I'm going to try to sleep on time now, yeah. you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so these start are the with things, with these, are, with these things are the now. foundation. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I start with, start with the simple things and, and, and suddenly they become habits, right? Mm-hmm.
1: They so, become yeah, habits. We really been, really enjoy talking to, you and we could definitely talk about hours and hours about these topics and never get bored. But uh, where can people learn more <laughs> about uh, you and your work?
0: Um, I started a nonprofit uh, called HealthOptimizationMedicine.org. So if they could go to HealthOptimizationMedicine.org, mm-hmm. uh, they could find out, you know, what the health optimization movement is all about. Uh, as a clinical practice also, since I'm the pioneer uh, in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Asia, I'm actually, my base is in Manila, Philippines. It's uh, uh, biobalanceinstitute.com. That's uh, biobalance. And then if you just do a Google search on Dr. Ted Echecoso, mm-hmm. uh that's Dr. Ted Echocoso, you'll, you'll um, find a lot of my crazy podcasts in mm-hmm. there. Um, in, not only on health, uh, but also on other things that are ethical and spiritual, um, which is always uh, fun. This uh, fun, always fun discussions to have because they have to bear on, like for example, cognitive uh, performance. You know, right. how do improve cognitive performance after you have the uh, health of your neurons? You know what else can you do uh, in order to true, yeah. uh, improve those? So after op- after optimization, uh, 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 you now improve performance and. Mm-hmm, okay. uh, I touch on those in the various podcasts. The mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. My last bit of question is going to be like, um, what would be this one piece of advice or a habit or a practice that you wish you adopted sooner that improved your body and your mind?
0: Um, I would say uh, meditation as soon as you wake up in the morning. Mm. And I do two types of meditation. Uh, I've said this in another podcast, that, but I'd like to share it here. Um, A 2,000 meditation, one is called the Hotu meditation, which is the history of the universe meditation, right? Mm. When you're feeling too egoistic and saying, you know, I am the greatest, you imagine the Big Bang and then the universe forming, you know, and then suddenly there's a galaxy and the Milky Way and the solar system and then the earth and then the evolution of life from single-celled organisms all the way to me Mm. and you go shit, I'm really so small. <laughs> what problems do I have? right? So that's my, uh, that's my whole to meditation. The mm-hmm. other one is a gratefulness meditation. Uh, just grateful for everything, for being alive for one more day. That I woke up, you know, uh, uh, another day that uh, I have a roof over my head. I have wonderful things. I have wonderful friends, wonderful people, um, you know, and um, j- uh, 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 just just uh, Totally um, uh, grateful that everything is here. For for a lot of people, they like to quiet their minds and their thoughts, etc. But for me, it's more of uh, instead of trying to swat down all those thoughts, you know, most think that that um, meditation is about you know suppressing your thoughts, etc. For me, it's the opposite. Uh, My training is actually more. This is the way I'm. uh, This is the way the mind works. It will. We you have um, a generator of thoughts in there. You be grateful. That you're actually able to think yeah. that those thoughts yeah. are coming out. Exactly. You just acknowledge that those thoughts are coming up rather than suppressing them, like, shush, you know, I don't want to think. No, no, no. Oh, thank you. And then that's done, you know? Yeah. So that's the, the two types of meditation. And I think it's very useful because it does one of two, uh, it does two things. One, uh, it puts you in a proper perspective of how important it is. That, what is it that you're going to do for today? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm going to be late for a rehearsal. Then suddenly it's, oh my God, you know, there's billions of years of evolution and here I am like thinking my life depended on a rehearsal, right? And uh, uh, the, the, the second thing that uh, it does is that it does allow you to be more aware to have loving relationships mm-hmm. towards not only things, but other creatures like your, your pets, uh, people around you. Uh, the events that are coming, uh, forth, uh, uh, the way I, I like to say this is that, you know, there's an event that you've been planning for and they predicted sunlight that day and it's an outdoor event and suddenly it's fucking ring and <laughs> it's on and you, you have to get stressed, right? And then you, you, you go and you go, ah, oh, you know, uh, yeah. I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to put out the event and now I'm grateful for the fact that I'm gonna get tested okay. for how I'm gonna, you know, uh, Take, take, take this challenge and actually uh, put it to my advantage. So that kind of thing about meditation uh, is actually very, very useful uh, in terms of uh, uh, a, a lifestyle. If, even if you can just do, you know, five, ten minutes in the morning, even just two minutes, you know, <laughs> every, two, uh, every three hours, you know, just to take deep breath and just quiet down. Yeah. Um, get into what I call a parasympathetic mode of our extremely sympathetic lives. You know, our sympathetic nervous system is in overdrive all the yeah. time. So why don't we just go take a few deep breaths and set ourselves to some uh, parasympathetic balance. Again, it goes back to balance. You know? the, yeah. balance the sympathetic and the parasympathetic that's nervous
1: system. True, that's true,
0: yeah. That's my simple advice.
1: <laughs> it goes back to yes. balance. It's so simple. <laughs> simple, but not always easy for, for most people. So. <laughs> But yeah. Yes.
0: Well, if you tell them, if you tell them, look, just look at your watch and just count your deep breaths for two minutes. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's yeah. two minutes? You know, exactly. you, you, you're you're about to scream at someone, so just bite your tongue, just hold, and yeah. take a look at your watch and deep briefly, and suddenly you're better.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's so true. Simple, the simple stuff. So yeah. Dr. Ted, I really want to thank you for coming onto the podcast and taking taking your time here. And uh, really, we, I really, I definitely could listen to you for hours and hours and never get tired because it's, there's so much, you know, wisdom coming out of your mouth. And uh, definitely would love to get you on the podcast in the future again. And uh, would love to definitely love to meet you in person as well.
0: Thank you. Um, but you are remember that you're the guru of your generation.
1: So <laughs> we'll I am a symbol. To you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this episode of the body mind Empowerment podcast if you want to support us then i would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review on the itunes or the other social media platforms definitely check out the show notes for the topics that we discussed in this episode thanks for listening my name is Seem. stay tuned for the next episode stay empowered